Section 65 of Commentary on the Epistles of Paul the Apostle to the Corinthians, Volume 1. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by K. Hand. Commentary on the Epistles of Paul the Apostle to the Corinthians, Volume 1, by John Calvin. Translated by Rev. John Pringle. 1 Corinthians, Chapter 14, Verses 34 through 40. Let your women keep silence in the churches, for it is not permitted unto them to speak, but they are commanded to be under obedience, as also saith the law. And if they will learn anything, let them ask their husbands at home, for it is a shame for women to speak in the church. What? Came the word of God out from you, or came it unto you only? If any man think himself to be a prophet or spiritual, let him acknowledge that the things that I write unto you are the commandments of the Lord. But if any man be ignorant, let him be ignorant. Wherefore, brethren, covet to prophecy, and forbid not to speak with tongues. Let all things be done decently and in order. It appears that the church of the Corinthians was infected with this fault, too, that the talkativeness of women was allowed a place in the sacred assembly, or rather, that the fullest liberty was given to it. Hence he forbids them to speak in public, either for the purpose of teaching or prophesying this however we must understand as referring to ordinary service or where there is a church in a regularly constituted state for a necessity may occur of such a nature as to require that a woman should speak in public but paul has merely in view what is becoming in a duly regulated assembly thirty four let them be in subjection as also saith the law what connection has the object that he has in view with the subjection under which the law places women for what is there, someone will say, to hinder their being in subjection, and yet at the same time teaching? I answer, that the office of teaching is a superiority in the church, and is consequently inconsistent with subjection. For how unseemly a thing it were, that one who is under subjection to one of the members should preside over the entire body. It is therefore an argument from the things inconsistent. If the woman is under subjection, she is consequently prohibited from authority to teach in public and unquestionably wherever even natural propriety has been maintained women have in all ages been excluded from the public management of affairs it is the dictate of common sense that female government is improper and unseemly nay more while originally they had permission given to them at rome to plead before a court the effrontery of caia afrana led to their being interdicted even from this Paul's reasoning, however, is simple, that authority to teach is not suitable to the station that a woman occupies, because, if she teaches, she presides over all the men, while it becomes her to be under subjection. 35. If they wish to learn anything. That he may not seem by this means to shut out women from opportunities of learning, he desires them, if they are in doubt as to anything, to inquire in private, that they may not stir up any disputation in public. When he says husbands, he does not prohibit them from consulting the prophets themselves, if necessary, for all husbands are not competent to give an answer in such a case, but as he is reasoning here as to external polity, he reckons it sufficient to point out what is unseemly, that the Corinthians may guard against it. In the meantime, it is the part of the prudent reader to consider that the things of which he here treats are intermediate and indifferent, in which there is nothing unlawful, but what is at variance with propriety and edification." 36. Did the word of God come out from you? This is a somewhat sharper reproof, but nothing more than was needful for beating down the haughtiness of the Corinthians. They were, beyond measure, self-complacent. They could not endure that either themselves or what belonged to them should be found fault with in anything. 
he asks accordingly whether they are the only christians in the world nay farther whether they are the first or are to be the last did the word of god says he come out from you that is did it originate with you has it ended with you that is will it spread no farther the design of the admonition is this that they may not without having any regard to others please themselves in their own contrivances or customs and this is a doctrine of general application for no church should be taken up with itself exclusively to the neglect of others but on the contrary they ought all in their turn to hold out the right hand to each other in the way of cherishing mutual fellowship and accommodating themselves to each other in so far as a regard to harmony requires but here it is asked whether every church according as it has had the precedence of another in the order of time has it also in its power to bind it to observe its institutions for paul seems to intimate this in what he says for example jerusalem was the mother of all the churches inasmuch as the word of the lord had come out from it was she then at liberty to assume to herself a superior right so as to bind all others to follow her i answer that paul here does not employ an argument of universal application but one that was specially applicable to the corinthians as is frequently the case he had therefore an eye to individuals rather than to the thing itself hence it does not necessarily follow that churches that are of later origin must be bound to observe in every point the institutions of the earlier ones inasmuch as even paul himself did not bind himself by this rule so as to obtrude upon other churches the customs that were in use in jerusalem let there be nothing of ambition let there be nothing of obstinacy let there be nothing of pride and contempt for other churches let there be on the other hand a desire to edify let there be moderation and prudence and in that case amidst a diversity of observances there will be nothing that is worthy of reproof let us therefore bear in mind that the haughtiness of the corinthians is here reproved who concerned for themselves exclusively showed no respect to the churches of the earlier origin from which they had received the gospel and did not endeavor to accommodate themselves to other churches to which the gospel had flown out from them would to god that there were no corinth in our times in respect of this fault as well as of others but we see how savage men who have never tasted the gospel hebrews six five trouble the churches of the saints by a tyrannical enforcement of their own laws thirty seven if any one thinks himself mark here the judgment which he had previously assigned to the prophets that they should receive what they recognized as being from god he does not however desire them to inquire as to his doctrine as though it were a doubtful matter but to receive it as the sure word of god inasmuch as they will recognize it as the word of god if they judge rightly farther it is in virtue of apostolical authority that he takes it upon himself to prescribe to them the sentence which they ought to pronounce there is still greater confidence in what he immediately adds he that is ignorant let him be ignorant this it is true was allowable for paul who was fully assured as to the revelation that he had received from god and he ought also to have been well known to the corinthians so that they should have looked upon him in no other light than as an apostle of the lord it is not however for every one to advance such a claim for himself or if he does he will by his boasting throw himself open to merited derision for then only is there ground for such confidence when what is affirmed with the mouth shows itself in reality it was with truth that paul affirmed that his precepts were those of the lord many will be prepared to pretend the same thing on false grounds his great object is this that it may be clearly perceived that he who does not allow himself to be under control speaks as from the holy spirit not from his own brain 
that man therefore who is no other than a pure organ of the holy spirit will have the courage to declare fearlessly with paul that those who shall reject his doctrine are not prophets or spiritual persons and this he will do in virtue of a right that belongs to him in accordance with what we had in the beginning of the epistle he that is spiritual judgeth all things first corinthians two fifteen but it may be asked here how is it that paul declares these things to be commandments of the lord as to which no statement is to be found in the scriptures besides this there is also another difficulty that presents itself that if they are the commandments of the lord they are necessary to be observed and they bind the conscience and yet they are rights connected with polity as to the observances of which no such necessity exists paul however merely says that he enjoins nothing but what is in accordance with the will of god now god endowed him with wisdom that he might recommend this order in external things at corinth and in other places not that it might be an inviolable law like those that relate to the spiritual worship of god but that it might be a useful directory to all sons of god and not by any means to be despised thirty eight but if any man be ignorant the old translation reads thus he that knows not this will be unknown but this is a mistake for paul had it in view to cut off every handle from contentious persons who make no end of disputing and that under the pretense of inquiring as if the matter were not yet clear or at least he intimates in general terms that he regarded as of no account any one that would call in question what he said if any one is ignorant i do not stop to take notice of his doubts for the certainty of my doctrine is not at all impaired thereby let him go then whoever he may be as for you do not the less on that account give credit to christ as speaking by me in fine he intimates that skeptics contentious persons and subtle disputants do not by the questions they raise diminish in any degree the authority of sound doctrine and of that truth as to which believers ought to feel assured and at the same time he admonishes us not to allow their doubts to be any hindrance in our way that elevation of mind however which despises all human judgments ought to be founded on ascertained truth hence as it would be the part of perverse rashness either to maintain pertinaciously in opposition to the views of all others an opinion that has once been taken up or audaciously to cling to it while others are in doubt so on the other hand when we have felt assured that it is god that speaks let us fearlessly break through all human impediments and all difficulties thirty nine wherefore brethren this is the conclusion in connection with the principal question that prophecy is to be preferred to other gifts because it is the most useful gift of all while at the same time other gifts ought not to be despised we must observe however his manner of speaking for he intimates that prophecy is worthy of being eagerly and ardently aspired at by all in the meantime he exhorts them not to envy others the rarer gift which is not so much to be desired nay more to allow them the praise that is due them divesting themselves of all envy forty all things decently and in order here we have a more general conclusion which does not merely include in short compass the entire case but also the different parts nay farther it is a rule by which we must regulate everything that has to do with external polity as he had discoursed in various instances as to rights he wished to sum up everything here in a brief summary that decorum should be observed that confusion should be avoided this statement shows that he did not wish to bind consciences by the foregoing precepts as if they were in themselves necessary but only in so far as they were subservient to propriety and peace hence we gather as i have said a doctrine that is always in force as to the purpose to which the polity of the church ought to be directed the lord has left external rights in our choice with this view that we may not think that his worship consists wholly in these things 
in the meantime he has not allowed us a rambling and unbridled liberty but has enclosed it so to speak with railings or at least has laid a restriction upon the liberty granted by him in such a manner that it is after all only from his word that we can judge as to what is right this passage therefore when duly considered will show the difference between the tyrannical edicts of the pope which oppress men's consciousness with a dreadful bondage and the godly regulations of the church by which discipline and order are maintained nay farther we may readily infer from this that the latter are not to be looked upon as human traditions inasmuch as they are founded upon this general injunction and have a manifest approval as it were from the mouth of christ himself End of section sixty five